0: Welcome to the Hop Care Take Five podcast, where we give you five minutes of healthcare stories from the week because you care about healthcare, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. January, of course, is the time for New Year's resolutions and many of those resolutions often focus in the arena of health. And by now, you may have already failed to keep your resolution, or at the very least, you've seen articles telling you how so many other people are failing to keep the resolution. These inevitable failures are really not all that complicated. The question is, did you actually come up with a reasonable strategy to fulfill your resolution? It's one thing to say, I'm going to eat healthier in 2015. Sure, that sounds great. Who wouldn't be down for that? But how are you going to do that? You've surely said at some point in your past that you're going to eat healthier, and yet you aren't eating healthier right now, or you wouldn't be making this resolution. So what held you back? It was probably that you didn't Set forth some very specific steps for how you're going to eat healthier. Like on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to pack a lunch to work instead of eating out. It doesn't have to be the drastic, I'm packing a lunch every single day. That's probably doomed to failure, which is then the second part of helping to keep your resolution. Anticipate if you're going to be surprised if failure occurs. Fast forward one month, it's February 1st. You look back at January and you didn't eat healthier. Are you surprised? If you wouldn't be surprised, it's probably not a very good resolution and or there aren't legitimate steps that can be followed to accomplish the resolution. As for motivation to create a resolution in the first place based around health and specifically exercise, I've got a study this week that looked at older bicyclists who who are regular recreational riders the standard was defined as men who could ride sixty two miles in six and a half hours or less for females it was thirty seven miles in five and a half hours, and these were older people that were that were being studied between fifty five and seventy nine years old. The scientists then ran the participants who could meet these standards through a, a series of physical and cognitive skills looked at their performances and compared it to people in different age groups and on oh so many measures these cyclists looked like people much younger than their actual age this was on their balance this was on their reflexes this was on their memory even for example on the so-called up and go test which is a test where someone stands up from a chair without using his or her arms walks 10 feet turns, walks back, sits down again. Seven seconds is a normal time for an old person in this task, nine to 10 seconds for an old person who's just incredibly frail. The cyclists were performing at about five seconds for this task, which is the same amount of time many young adults would take. Just some more credibility to the bumper sticker that you don't stop playing because you get old, You get old because you stop playing. So cost sharing is certainly a topic we've covered before on the podcast. And we mostly talked about it in terms of employers uh, burdening employees with more healthcare costs, usually through higher deductibles. Now, while employees often do not like this, right, because you have to you have to spend more money, uh, there is significant evidence to show that this will reduce overall healthcare spending. I mean, it's pretty logical. If you now have to pay for something that you didn't pay for before, you might not buy as much of it. And there there are certainly some negative side effects to this. That perhaps you would put off a checkup because it's going to cost you, whereas before you would do it and you'd be able to prevent something before it balloons into something more serious. And I do think that putting off care will be part of what happens in the short term as we transition from a healthcare system where the person making choices about healthcare often did not need to care about cost because it was all covered to a system that runs far more efficiently that will In the end benefit both providers and patients as quality and prices become more transparent as will be necessary now that more than 41 percent of covered workers have a deductible of more than a thousand dollars that's up from 10 percent in 2006. part of the marijuana debate is focused on hey alcohol is terrible why are we banning marijuana For people making that argument, there was pretty good evidence that came out this week that, yeah, alcohol is terrible. Alcohol poisoning kills six Americans a day. As far as I know, no one died of a marijuana overdose last year. HopCare.com, real prices, real convenience, better health.